since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too good to be true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne, of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey, and I'm so excited to get started. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited because it's just me. You guys are stuck with me for a whole episode. I used to do these solo episodes more often, and I was starting to think I wanted to do one. I get this kind of itch where I want to be able to sit down and just talk on the microphone like you are here with me in my closet and we're just hanging out. It's when I feel most connected to the podcast and to you guys, and I haven't done it in a while. And so I'm really excited to be able to do that. I wanted to record an episode just sharing some tips for your first sober Thanksgiving. You know, we talk a lot about the firsts over here, and I haven't done a first sober Thanksgiving yet. I mean, podcast episode. I I have done a first sober Thanksgiving. I have not done an episode on it, so I wanted to do that. First, I'll remind you, you know, our little reminders. If you have been loving the podcast, if you have found it helpful at all, please rate and review it. That helps so much. Also, make sure you follow it. So when you go to the podcast app, let's see, I'm going to do it right here with you right now. So you go to the podcast page and there are, hold on guys, I got to type it in. Okay, there it is. The Sober Mom Life. That's the podcast you're listening to, just in case there was any confusion. In the upper right-hand corner, it will say plus follow. So just follow the show. That way, I just appear in your feed anytime there's a new episode. I'm doing the Monday episodes, which is generally an interview or something like this, a solo episode. And then I also have the Real Sober Mom Chats on Friday. You guys love those. And I love that you love those because those are my favorite things to record. I get to sit down with you 
And with moms who are examining their relationships with alcohol, a lot of times you don't have it all figured out, which I love because you don't need to have it all figured out in order to start sharing your story and to step into it and be proud of it. You know, you don't have something to sell. You don't have talking points. You're you're just sharing. You're sharing in the hopes that it will connect you with other moms and other women who have struggled or are struggling. And it's been working. I get so much feedback about those episodes. And that always makes me so happy because those are my favorite ones too. If you want to share your story, I'll leave the link in the show notes so that you can do that. Because I think it's important and I want to be able to keep those going. And what else? Make sure that if you want support over this holiday season, if you need community, I think that community is what makes the difference. Can you do this on your own? Sure, you can. You're able to. I think it's more fun. It's more fulfilling to do it in a community and to do it with other women. So I created that. I created the Sober Mom Life community and the cafe so that we could all connect. We have weekly Zoom meetings. We now have them with Cafe Plus. We have them every day of the week. And we have monthly book club. This month, we're reading Between Breaths by Elizabeth Vargas. So our book club meets the first Wednesday of every month at 7 p.m. Central. We have a secret podcast. So this is the public podcast. This goes out to everybody. We also have a secret podcast where I record a weekly bonus episode called The Sunday Check-In where I just kind of share thoughts and anything that's going on in my life. It's kind of a behind the scenes. What else do we have? We have an exclusive Discord channel where you get to chat with other sober moms all day long. You guys get to cheer each other on and help each other through everything, everything. We have so many different threads on there, whether it's single moms, moms of teenagers, if your partner still drinks, mocktails, sober TV shows, the first 90 days, the maintenance stage, Bravo shows. You know, we love Bravo. We talk about all of those things all day long, and there are also text channels by state. And so you get to connect with moms in your state. Man, guys, it really is the best place on the internet. So come and join us. I will also leave that link in the show notes. Okay, on to Thanksgiving. Your first sober Thanksgiving, if you have been around here a while, you know that I never counted days in early sobriety. I still don't. Anytime I reference my days, I have to look up. I have this app called Sober Buddy. And so I have to look on there and be like, wait, how many days have I been? Let's see. I'm looking right now. I've been 1,395 days. Look at that. That's amazing. But I didn't know that. And I was happy just going along not knowing that, just feeling how I'm feeling. If counting days feels, I don't know, just punitive, and if it doesn't motivate you, and if you feel like you just don't have enough, and hearing someone who has a lot of days like that, you feel like, ugh, I'm never going to get there, or why should I even try when that feels so far away, then don't count days. Just throw it out. Don't have the app. Don't have the counting app. If, however, if counting days, like if you like to cross off that day and see those days pile up, then keep going. And only you know that and only you can answer that for yourself. I always talk about counting sober firsts instead of sober days. 
So sober firsts are those things that you have not experienced yet being sober as an adult. And P.S. not pregnant. I <laughs> Pregnancy doesn't count. And I've talked about this before, but I think it bears repeating. Why doesn't pregnancy count? Pregnancy doesn't count for a lot of reasons. Even if you didn't drink when you were pregnant and you were you were sober, which is great anytime that you give your body, especially when you're pregnant and growing another human, when you give your body a break from alcohol, your body thanks you, your mind thanks you, that does count, right? What I mean when I say it doesn't count is there are so many questions that you just don't have to ask or answer or feel pressured to answer when you're pregnant. If someone is pregnant and not drinking, there's not going to be outside pressure to drink. And if there is, uh, holy shit, leave that group because that's not okay. No one's going to say, you know, oh, here's a glass of wine. And then you're going to say, oh, I'm I'm actually pregnant. And they're going to say, no, it's fine. The baby will be okay. No, they're not going to say that. It's very widely understood that if you're pregnant, you don't drink. Also, There's not the internal pressure of, you know, the back and forth of like, ugh, how long is this going to be? Am I going to do this forever? Why am I doing this? Was I really, quote unquote, that bad? All of the questions that, I don't know, that really just is just fear, right? And that's very understandable. But all of those questions that come up that we feel like we have to answer and that we feel like, I don't know, we just we just feel pressured to answer them, the forever question. We don't have that in pregnancy. It's a very clear-cut time frame of not drinking. And pregnancy also doesn't count as far as sobriety goes and figuring out, you know, sobriety and living an alcohol-free life. Because generally speaking, I would say pregnancy means that you're counting down to when you quote unquote can drink again, right? And so everything you're witnessing is really through the lens of, ugh, I can't drink, like you lost a privilege because I'm pregnant, right? And so you're not really leaning into this alcohol-free thing. You're not being curious about, huh, I wonder what this is going to be like not drinking. I would say most of us probably were like, God, I can't drink. I'm missing out, right? Not to mention all of the hormones that we feel like shit, that sleep is not great anyway. So we're also, we're not reaping the benefits of sobriety either. And so we're, we're not able to say, oh, I'm not drinking, but you know, I feel a lot less bloated and puffy and I'm sleeping better. It's like, no, I'm not drinking. And I feel like shit. I feel I want to throw up every day. I'm so bloated. I'm so puffy and I can't sleep. And I think so for all of those reasons, pregnancy doesn't count as far as what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is in adulthood, getting to see all of these sober firsts without alcohol and really getting curious and using it as an experiment to see, huh? What did alcohol add to the situation and what did it take away, right? Did alcohol make a situation better like we've been taught? Was alcohol necessary? Was alcohol the thing that created the magic or did alcohol detract from it? Did it steal the magic? Am I still able to have fun without it? The sober first, I think, 
at least for me, gave me a chance to see all of those things. Also, the firsts were the hardest. You know, we talk a lot about those grooves, right? If you think about like a bike tire in mud, and it's going to make that deep groove. And that's you in drinking in adulthood, right? And the, that deep groove, it's something that you've always done. And it's hard to make a new path. It's hard to turn that like you can picture those handlebars, right? You're really turning them and you're wrenching them to the right and you're trying to make a different groove. You're trying to start something new. You're trying to start a new trail, start a new path. That's hard to get out of that groove, right? And so the sober first is really something that once you're through, it's the start of that new groove. It's the laying the tracks. It's the okay, Okay, so I can see that I can do this, right? I can feel uncomfortable. All of the things that sobriety brings up. I can be around these people without drinking. I can do all of these things that I thought I needed alcohol to do. I see now that I can lay a new track. I can get out of that groove. I can physically do it. And so a lot of times that sober first is going to be the hardest. I hear from a lot of people. It's like, well, their first sober Thanksgiving, they got through, and that's what they did. They got through. They noticed things, and they did it, but they didn't necessarily love it, and that's okay. I think that we fall into the trap of saying, if I don't love it in the absence of alcohol, that means the thing that's missing is alcohol, and that alcohol would make it fun. That's a logical fallacy, which is very understandable that we would fall back on that. But it's not true, right? Would alcohol make something more fun for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes? Maybe. Maybe it would. Maybe it has. But I think it's really important to remember that it doesn't stop there, right? That alcohol's effects don't stop there. And probably your drinking doesn't stop there. And so, Getting through your first sober Thanksgiving, your first sober Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's Eve, all of it, getting through it is good. Getting through it is okay. I do think oftentimes the seconds in sobriety tend to be the ones where you have your, you know, you have your sea legs a little bit more. You're able to kind of relax into it. And then maybe you've honed that fun tool and you've figured out what makes things actually fun and what you actually love doing, who you actually love being around, and you're kind of able to settle into it a little bit. And so if your first sober Thanksgiving is not amazing and wonderful and magical and all of these things that you thought it would be, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not on the wrong path. That does not mean sobriety is not for you. That just means that you're laying that new track. You're getting out of that groove, and that can be hard. That can be hard. But there's a reason you want to do that, right? There's a reason that you started turning those handlebars in the first place. There's a reason that you thought, huh, maybe that ground over there maybe that's firmer and more solid and maybe that can hold me better than this mud that I'm stuck in, okay? So all of these tips I'm about to share with you 
I want you to go into it with curiosity, but most importantly, without judgment of yourself, okay? We're going to throw away the shoulds. There's not going to be, God, I should be enjoying this more. God, I should be farther along than I am. Oh, man, I should be having a better time. I should be able to handle my cravings better by now. I should be over cravings. All of the shoulds, right? We're going to stop shoulding ourselves, guys. It's a should show, <laughs> you know, because it sounds like shit show. That's funny. Um, and we're just going to stop the should show, okay? We're not doing that anymore. Right now, we're going to handle ourselves with a lot of grace and a lot of understanding and curiosity, okay? So the five tips, I have five tips for you guys today. Look at, I'm so organized. I'm not normally this organized. I even wrote them down. I even made a little outline for myself, which I don't know if you're listening to this or if you have listened to this before. I don't normally do that, <laughs> okay? I'm normally a fast and loose kind of girl. I know what that sounds like. I know what that sounded like, okay? I'm fully aware, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> okay, I wrote down my five tips. Okay, number one, this is the tip that I'm always going to start with. And you can apply these tips to anything. You can apply them to Thanksgiving, to Christmas, to a vacation, to a girl's night, to a girl's weekend, to date night, to New Year's Eve, anything that you have coming up. And, you know, you keep thinking about, oh, but what about this? But what about this? Okay. Number one is you are going to decide. You are going to decide right now that you are going to allow yourself the chance to see what a sober Thanksgiving can feel like. That's it. You are going to take off the table the hemming and the hawing and the wondering and the maybes and the what ifs and the huh, I'll just wait to see. Let me just see. What if I'm the only one? I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. We'll see. No. That is so much mental energy that we just don't have time for. We're tired. We're overwhelmed. We don't have to take that on. What we can do is we can decide. We can decide right now, today, that we are not going to drink this Thanksgiving, no matter what. No matter what. That means we are not going to drink even if we are offered a drink. We are not going to drink even if we feel social anxiety. We are not going to drink even if we're the only ones not drinking. Did that just make you sweat a little bit? That's okay. That's okay. You can sweat. Your body was made to sweat. It can handle it. That's fine. We are not going to drink even if we feel overwhelmed and mad and pissed off or scared or sad. All of the things. Okay, so we have decided. We have taken the mental energy. You know the mental energy that moderating alcohol takes up? You know all that shit show, the, the ugh, how much am I going to drink? What am I going to drink? Water in between, all the rules, noticing other people's drinks. You know all of the time that we have spent thinking about alcohol, about alcohol, the time we have wasted our precious time and brain cells thinking about alcohol, we're not going to do that. We are not going to do that this week and on Thanksgiving. We have decided, okay? There is such freedom in deciding. 
because you don't have to think about it anymore. You don't have to let it weigh on you. You don't have to weigh anything. You have decided already. Okay, so now that we've decided, what we're going to do next is we're going to prepare. We are going to figure out what we're going to say when someone asks us if we want a drink. We can write it down. We can write our responses down. We're going to practice in the mirror. We're going to practice saying, oh, that's okay. Thank you. Do you have any sparkling water? Oh, that's okay. Thanks. I brought my own mocktail. Oh, that's okay. Thanks. I'm not drinking tonight. Oh, that's okay. Thanks. I'm trying to see what an alcohol-free life is like, and I'm loving it. Oh, that's okay. Thanks. I realized alcohol is a bitch. (laughs) Okay. Maybe you're not going to want to drop that one on Thanksgiving. That's fine. Whatever you want to say, whatever feels good to you, there is no wrong or right way to say this. You know, I will say it feels really good to tell the truth, and that does not mean that you're going to spill your guts to your, you know, mother-in-law's sister on Thanksgiving. That's not what I mean. But it feels better, at least to me, it has always felt better to say, oh, no thanks, I'm not drinking. I don't like how alcohol makes me feel. That feels better to me than saying, oh, I'm on antibiotics, so I can't drink. That feels a little bit like, ugh. It feels like I'm misrepresenting myself or that I might be misunderstood. And that just doesn't feel good to me. And it feels like I kind of put myself in a box or in a cage. If, however, that feels okay to you, and this is a really new thing for you, then say that. There's no right or wrong here. I do think that it takes some preparation, though. And so it might feel silly. Silly is fine. We like silly here, if you haven't figured that out already. Stand in front of a mirror and just try some things out. Try saying some things and see what feels good to you. And then just continue to say that. Write it down so you don't forget. That's fine. This is all about preparing. Also, so you're going to prepare what you're going to say when somebody asks you. We're going to also remember, P.S., that overall they are not going to care. Okay? They're just not going to care. We are not the starring role in their lives, okay? We think they care a lot about us. We think other people are thinking about us all the time, and I hate to be the one to break it to you, but they're not. So generally, just a short, oh, no thanks, I have this, I'm drinking this, or no thanks, do you have this, will suffice, okay? I think that this is an area where we tend to overcomplicate things, and I understand that. It's out of fear and not wanting to disappoint or be judged and all of the things. But I think a lot of the time simple is fine. Simple and straight to the point will do. Also, we're going to prepare. We're going to go in knowing what we are going to drink. A lot of times, this comes up a lot in our meetings, about like, if, you know, if someone's going into their first sober party or something that we don't know what to do with our hands. And it seems like a small thing, right? Like, well, if you don't know what to do, put your hand in your pocket or put – but when we are used to relying on alcohol for all of these social things, that can be a big one. Not knowing what to do with your hands at a party when you're talking could feel really big and kind of scary if this is your first time. And so you're going to have a drink in your hands. Just because you're not drinking alcohol 
doesn't mean you're you can't drink anything, right? Like that's bananas. You're not going to drink bananas, but that is bananas. And so figure out what you're going to drink. If you are hosting, have a mocktail option available. I will link some of my favorite mocktails that I've made and that are my go-tos. I'll link those in the show notes. And I'll also link, uh, you can sign up to receive five of my mocktail recipes, okay? They're good. Some of them are not too sweet because I don't love a sweet mocktail. I'd rather eat my sweets, thanks. I don't want to drink my sweets, you know what I mean? So if you're hosting, you're going to have that on hand. If you're not hosting and you're going somewhere, you're going to bring it with you. Or if you're comfortable enough with the host and she asks you, you know, what would you like to drink? You're going to tell her. Also, it might make sense to send a heads up text to the host or the hostess and say, hey, just a heads up. I'm not drinking at Thanksgiving dinner. If it's your mother-in-law, if it's your aunt, if it's your parents, even if they're drinking, their drinking story is not your drinking story. You don't have to take care of their drinking. You are focused on you. We're not going to please others at the expense of our own peace anymore. And so if your parents are drinking, if your in-laws are drinking, if your best friend is drinking, that's fine. That has nothing to do with your drinking story. And so you can send a heads up text. I'm not drinking today at the dinner. I'll be bringing my mocktails. I just wanted to let you know or something along those lines. So have a plan of what you're going to drink. And it doesn't just have to be sparkling water. However, if you love sparkling water, great. There are so many great sparkling waters now. You have a lot of options. I think that preparing is key on all of the sober firsts. Number three is leaving room for surprise. And I know that this sounds like, wait, I'm prepared and I'm preparing. And we kind of want to control the environment, right? And we want to make sure that we go on. And that's great. You're going to know what you're going to say. You're going to know what you're going to drink. Leaving room for surprise means that we're not going to overthink what people are going to do or say. A lot of times we get caught up, and I do too, in the spirals of hypotheticals and what ifs and how things are going to go and how people are going to react and what they're going to say. And that's a very tempting thing to do. And I think it's it's definitely out of fear and it's out of a way to try to think that we can control, right? That we can control the environment and protect ourselves. The thing is we're, we're really bad at, at knowing how things are going to go and predicting how people w- will respond. We're like actually horrible at that. We're horrible at hypothetical situations, I would say overall. And also, (laughs) we're horrible at it because most of the time in our brain, I know definitely in my brain, I'm going to assume the worst, right? I'm going to assume I walk into a party, everyone, er, the record scratches. First of all, I'm also going to assume that I'm not going to know the shoe on, shoe off rule. You guys know that that's my social anxiety. (laughs) Like I'm going to wear shoes in a no shoe household or I'm going to have like, I'm going to have to take my shoes off and I thought I would be able to keep them on and I'll have like a hole in my sock, something like that, right? That's me. I mean, it might be you too. Then you're in the right place. You're just going to assume the worst. You're going to assume maybe somebody's going to grill you 
about drinking. Like, oh, you're not drinking. Why? What happened? Oh, you're not drinking. Come on, you can have one. All of these things, right? And we're going to prepare for that. Like we're going to think, okay, so if they say this, I'm going to say that. And it's generally in the stories that I've heard, and we talk about this a lot in our groups, it's not going to go that way. And if it does go that way, if someone does kind of grill you about it, it's not going to last that long and you can withstand it. You can answer a question or two. Also, I want to remind you that anyone who comes at you about not drinking or has any sort of judgment about it or I don't know, first of all, that's it's not great. But also, it just is all about how they feel about their relationship with alcohol. And that's really, really important to remember. Anybody's response to you not drinking is 100% about them. You're either holding a mirror up, right? Which also is one of the reasons that people generally will glide right over it because they are not ready. And that's fine. They don't have to be ready. Remember, this is all about you and your drinking story and your sobriety story and your relationship with alcohol. And so if your mom doesn't bring up that she's proud of you for being sober or if she asks you if you want to have a drink and it feels like that means she doesn't respect your choice, I know that that can be hard and in our quick reaction is to say, God, why doesn't she care about me enough to know that how important this is to me and all of those things? And those feelings are very valid. I would just caution you and remind you that it is really all about them and their relationship with alcohol. Because if you are examining your relationship with alcohol, if you are embarking on this first sober Thanksgiving If they stop to think about that, that means that they might have to stop and think about their relationship with alcohol and they might not be ready now or ever. And that's their story. That's just not your story. It can be a lot to take on, right? And so you don't have to. You can say, no, I'm not drinking. I have my mocktail, all of the things that we just talked about. That said, I have heard more often than not that we kind of expect this confrontation or expect this kind of bristly landing. We expect to be peppered with questions and judgment and concern and all of these things. And a lot of times we're met with, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I've been wanting to quit too. Okay. And then that's it. And then all of the mental energy and the worry that we spent leading up to this was all for naught. And then we're, you know, flooded with relief And so I would just caution you to leave some room for surprise. If you don't get surprised, that's okay, right? But it's just all about about not like borrowing that worry, right? Not taking that on leading up to the party or the dinner or the get-together or the gathering. Knowing that whatever you run into under that roof at that dinner table while you're sitting in that chair, you will be able to handle it and to feel it and just trusting yourself and not trying to predict how it's going to go. Because, man, if you're in my brain, you know, it just never goes well in my brain. And life 
overall is way better on the outside (laughs) than it is in my brain. Number four is to notice and get curious. And so this is one of those things going back to why pregnancy doesn't count. When we're pregnant, we're really looking through a lens of not being able to drink, like we lost a privilege. And instead of doing that, this is where a reframe is essential and can make a huge difference is to just notice. First of all, notice things that you might have missed. Notice the little moments. Notice that maybe you're more connected with your children. You're more able to, you know, recognize small moments. I remember my first sober 4th of July. I I was just so tuned into like little what felt meaningless, but were so meaningful little moments that I will remember forever of my kids just like playing with sparklers and just watching them in wonder. They were looking at the sparklers in wonder and I was looking at them in wonder. And that whole entire moment, you know, that five minutes, three minutes, whatever it was, would have been missed, even with a glass or two of wine. I just would have missed that. And so I think being that kind of third party and just noticing, acting as as a camera that's capturing all of these things, and then you're able to really, to really take them in. I think that not only will you notice those small mo- moments that you might have missed, but you'll probably notice alcohol's effects, and you'll be able to see in real time, up close, alcohol really for what it is. You know, I think we've lied to ourselves for a long time about what alcohol is, and instead we've given it so many passes for for what we've wanted it to be, right? And when it wasn't what we wanted it to be, we've blamed ourselves instead of really just taking a step back and saying, "Okay, you know what? Let me just see. Okay, alcohol. Let's see. Let's see what you do." Let's see how you affect people. Let's see how you affect moods and energy and noise level, reaction time, coordination, impulse control, all of those things that if we're drinking, we miss in others, right? We, we just miss it. I now, as, as someone who's sober, I can smell alcohol so, so strongly very quickly. And it's like, oh, holy shit. Well, if I was drinking, I would not have been able to smell this. But you can smell it. You, like I can smell the ethanol, right? I don't smell like a full-bodied red. No, I smell ethanol because that's what it is. It's just always interesting because very rarely have we been probably – have you been the only or one of the only sober people in a room of people drinking unless like you you were normally drinking or you were pregnant? And like we said, pregnancy doesn't count. And so you can just take this as a, as a time to really get curious and to notice. And I always say there's nothing like seeing alcohol and its effects up close for that bubble to burst very quickly and to be able to stop romanticizing alcohol for what I had always wanted it to be and to really, really see clearly what it is and how it changes people pretty quickly. You know, two, three drinks in, you're going to notice that decibel level getting higher. You're going to notice people 
slurring a little bit. You're going to notice repeating stories that you're like and repeating. You're like, yeah, you just, yeah, you just said that. It's wild to see adults kind of revert to children, right? And that they can't walk and it's wild. And so you'll see it. You'll notice. That said, you don't have to stay around long um, in order to notice it. You will notice it probably pretty quickly. And that's why number five is call it a night. Call it a night. One of my favorite things about sobriety is that I know when I'm tired. Like, I can be at a party or a dinner or out and like, I feel tired. And then when I feel tired, I'm like, oh, right, it's time to go home. Alcohol got in the way of that for me. I would not be thinking about what I need, how I feel. I would not be like, oh, I'm tired. That means I should sleep. I would just be thinking about like, okay, am I going to have another glass of wine? Who's having another glass of wine? Like, are we keeping this going? Right? That would just, tired wasn't even in the equation. And the Best thing about sobriety, well, one of them, I don't know the best, one of them is that when you're tired, you get to go home to sleep. This might be a part of that preparation stage where, you know, if you're going to a house or if you're going to your in-laws or or a family member's house or a friend's house, then you have a plan. You have a plan with your husband or your partner or your friend, or you get to drive yourself home, which is amazing. No worrying about whether or not you'll be able to do that. You will be able to do that. Or it's very important to talk to your husband or your partner and to say, here's the thing. When I'm ready to leave, I need to be able to leave. And drunk people, when you're sober, can be triggering. And not only that, but they they can feel unsafe. And this is really a situation where it's so important to listen to yourself and to know, okay, it's time. I've seen it. I've had enough. Nothing good is going to happen after 10 o'clock or whatever it is. And it's time for me to go take care of myself, congratulate myself for this accomplishment by being able to climb into my bed and have a great night's sleep and to wake up early tomorrow morning and feel amazing. And so know when to call it a night. And if that's early, that is fine. There's no one can tell you when you are ready to go. Only you know that. And honor that in yourself. I think that that is the best thing in sobriety is knowing what you need. And you will know when it's time to call it a night. And so just allowing yourself that and not staying to please anyone, you know, not trying to prove that you can still quote unquote hang, none of that. When you know it's time to call it a night, call it a night. I hope this helps as Thanksgiving is approaching and all of the holidays. Please apply this to all of the holidays coming up. I feel like I could record this exact same episode and just put in Christmas or New Year's Eve. You know, all of the holidays, all of the vacations, all of the trips, all of the sober first everything. And you will feel amazing. You will feel amazing. Two words, amazing. When you wake up Friday morning, you will feel so damn proud of yourself. You will feel like, yes, you get to cross off 
that first sober Thanksgiving. Make a list of all of the sober firsts that you want to accomplish this holiday season and you get to cross this one off. Maybe that means you reward yourself with a you know, a nice little Black Friday uh, shopping trip or online. You get to pick out something online or you get to sleep in. You get to do hot yoga. You get to something that actually nourishes you. And just know that I'm just so proud of you. All of this that you're doing, examining your relationship with alcohol and being brave enough to take those handlebars and just try to make that new groove. Get out of that mud. Get out of that well-worn rut and turn those handlebars to the right and make a new trail and make a new path for yourself. And you can do it. And I'm just so proud of you for embarking on this journey and this adventure. And I want to hear how it goes. Come and follow me on my kind of suite. Send me a DM and come and join the cafe. We have meetings all this week. We have one Thanksgiving morning. Jenna's going to host a meeting. And so come and lean on us. You don't have to wait until you have it all figured out to share. Actually, don't. Don't wait. We will help you. Um, and then connect on Discord because those women over there are just the most supportive and welcoming. And I'm telling you, the most badass women on the internet. That's who we have. So I am so proud of you. Keep coming back to this. Keep coming back to yourself, figuring out how you feel and what you need. And man, I hope you know what a badass thing you're doing and that it's nothing to be ashamed of. There is no shame in sobriety. Let's shed the shame, leave that shit behind and find freedom because it's there. Okay, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. It's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.